Welcome to this week's episode of the HC Hive, a podcast about all things HCI, UX, and grad school. We're now in Hershali, students in Georgia Tech's Human Computer Interaction Program. In this episode, we will be talking about the user experience research interview process. Today, we're actually flipping the script a little bit. Since now and I are both researchers, we will be answering the questions instead of asking them. So to ask questions, we have Taylor from the podcast team here, and she's going to run us through the episode. Cool. And as for our lovely guest, today we have Whitney joining us. Whitney, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Whitney. I'm a second year in the program. I had internship experience in Huawei and Oppo, and I've interviewed for 15 companies so far as for UX researcher. Yeah, happy to join you guys. Ah, So much experience, and we're so excited to have you here, Whitney, and just jam out with us. Uh, Thank you for joining us. And I think, you know, this episode, it's a research only zone. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And let's let's just jump into it. All right. In our last episode, now and Harshali discussed the ins and outs of design interviews. This week, we're focusing on the interview process for researchers. So what is the interview and hiring process like for researchers? And how might an interested company evaluate you as a researcher? I think usually the process starts with you submit the resume. And then an HR will contact you for a screening interview about your experience. And then there might be a research challenge. And after that, there will be technical interviews where you talk with um, the UX researcher or UX manager about your past project experience and some skills. And there might be another round of behavior interview. Yeah, I think uh, just to sort of add to that, I think research interviews are kind of, or the process, I guess, is kind of a combination of all those things that Whitney mentioned. And you can have kind of different combinations and permutations. So you might have a research challenge. You'll definitely have some just like conversations. And uh, sometimes you'll have like a portfolio review or a project review. And so these are kind of the parts that you have to juggle through the process. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, at least in, I guess, all three of our experiences now listening to the two of you as well, the interview process seems for researchers at least a little bit more straightforward. I haven't really seen like as many like research challenges from my experience, but I guess I'll just add on that sometimes in the interviews, they'll also ask you to like do a presentation. And sometimes that might be presenting like work you've done in the past, or they might give you like a couple different prompts that you'll have to do within the interview or something like that. So I think it kind of depends on the company. So companies that at least from like lately from like full-time positions at least if it's like a smaller company I feel like they're just wanting to verify that you like do research because a lot of times like they don't have as many researchers but I guess for larger companies that have like their whole research department their process is a little bit more strict and they're looking for specific things like methodologies that you know and I guess like specific research experience you've had in the past too. All right cool anyone have anything else to add? I think the research interview process is way more chill than the design. (laughs) I just want to throw that out there. Maybe might be controversial. We'll see. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. So in our program, first years are interviewing for summer internships. Uh, That's me. While second years, like you guys, are interviewing for full-time work. Uh, So second years, you guys have experience with both processes. So how does an internship interview differ from a full-time position interview? And is there any advice you'd give your past self when they were doing their internship interviews? Ooh, this is actually a really great question. I don't think I've really experienced a difference between an internship interview 
and a full-time interview. But I also feel like they're very similar. And and what I mean by that is that they're really looking for like the same things. Um, you know, they're looking for, do you know the methodology? Do you know all the different methodologies, when to use, what type of like research you would do for a different phase of the product development process? And they they asked you how to like critique your own research, right? So if you, pre- if you present like a project that you've done, you know, how would you change that? How would you change it for a different set of constraints or what would you do differently so like i feel the questions are pretty standard and i feel like i've just had like a weird experience in, in careers that i haven't really interviewed that much for like full-time positions or internships but like within kind of like my limited experience it's it's been pretty similar i wouldn't really draw big differences between the two so i have noticed like some differences among like internships and full-time I found, I don't know if it was just like how I was last year, like as a first year interviewing for internships, but internships almost feel like, they almost felt like higher stakes for me because like a company like is only hiring you on for like a couple months. So I feel like they're a little bit more um, selective or they ask, it's not like they ask harder questions or anything, but I feel like it was challenging for me when we were interviewing for internships because I didn't have like that industry experience that was specific to UX research. So it was more about like, well, how do I talk about my previous experiences or like class projects even and how they could apply to this like internship role but I guess like in general like the process is somewhat similar so you have like the HR interview that's kind of like just to check that like your background and your interests align with this role which is similar for both I think internships and full-time and then like as Whitney mentioned earlier like you might have like a technical interview where it's more about like sharing like the methodologies you've used and like um Maybe they ask you about a project and you uh, and they change some constraints and they see like how you would change your project or keep it the same or things like that. But for full time, what's interesting is it's different now because a lot of these interviews are remote. But with full time, like I think they like to bring people on site. So then because like you're not just there for a couple months, like ideally they'd want you to be there for a couple years. So then this on site is like you're trying to meet like members of the team to just like casually talk to them. They want to see if like you're a good fit for their team, like culturally, not just for like the actual role. You might have like a case study that you do as well, like during these interviews. So it's like, I guess it's longer in terms of like just time frame. But I feel like what's nice about the full time is like we are going to have that like degree that helps us. Whereas for an internship, I feel like there's a little bit more you have to like convince or persuade them to like help you move towards next rounds and things. Yeah, I think for full-time hiring, there might be a more complex process because internship is usually just a few months, but full-time, they want to make sure you're a good fit to the team. So um, there will be more like checking if you're a good fit for the team. And I also heard they will focus on, there might be product critique to see if you actually understand the product. And if you have the product sense. Another thing, I, I wish I have focused more on preparing the behavioral questions because when I was uh, interviewing for intern, I focused a lot on the methodologies because I'm not so sure about them. But then I didn't spend enough time for the behavioral questions. I think that's something I regret. Yeah, Whitney, tell me a little bit more about the behavioral questions. That's something I'm not super familiar with as a first year. I've kind of like heard that term thrown around, but I'm not quite sure what it entails. Okay. It's usually just like asking about your personality and your teamwork collaboration skills. And I think I was once asked, what's the biggest mistake you've made in a 
collaboration process or something like that. And I'm just not prepared for those kind of questions. So yeah, I think preparation for behavioral questions could also help a lot. And currently what I do is I have Excel and then I just list the behavioral questions I see online or in my past interviews. And then I just write, how could I respond using the star method, so situation, task, um, action, and then results. That's great. That's super useful and insightful for first years like me who aren't used to that kind of stuff yet. Yeah, it makes sense you might not prepare so much for behavioral questions as opposed to like proving your skills, which is what you think you have to do the most for these uh, interviews. Okay, so uh, Whitney, you touched on this a little bit already, but what are some ways that people can prepare for the full-time UX research position interview? And what are your pro tips for a successful interview? Now, why don't you answer first? Yeah, so I think it's similar to what I think the three of us kind of touched on in the previous question in terms of like Whitney just talked a little bit more in depth about like behavioral questions. And then we also brought up like the different methodologies. But I feel like for full time UX research, I feel like it's much at least in like recent experiences, I feel like they also they kind of want to see like the whole realm of skills that might come with like a UX research position. So it's not just like what methodologies you can do, but they also want to hear you like justify like why you would use this one over something else. And also like knowing like what methodologies like you're the best at too, uh, whether, whether it's like a quantitative or a qualitative method. Yeah, like most recently I had an interview where they were just they went through like every single method and they were just like okay would you rate yourself as beginner intermediate or advanced and that's like really hard like on the spot too because you don't want to appear like you're an expert in everything but you also so you want to be a little humble but you don't want to be too humble where they're like wow she doesn't know any method (laughs) so that's like a tricky question to kind of navigate but I think in terms of just like overall preparation, I think focusing not only on the hard technical skills that might come with UX research, so like emphasizing like projects where you've done like heavy data collection or how you can really speak to maybe even certain types of technologies or certain types of like testing, but also the soft skills as well. So some of the behavioral questions I've had too was like, tell us about a time where you had like pushback from a stakeholder. Like, how do you talk to that? And like, how do you communicate to them like your goals? and things. So I think like just in general, like my tip for a good interview is to just like really like think about for full time because they're going to like think about like your own career goals. Like it's not necessary. I feel like for internships, sometimes we focus on like the company more, like the role more, and we just like want to get experience. But with full time, I feel like with some of that experience under our belt, we can be a little bit more picky and like do just like to do these methods or this is what our strengths are and this is what we want to improve in. So like, I guess just overall really like kind of know yourself. I feel like recently I've done, it feels like I'm like soul searching on like why I want to do UX research in the first place, which that question comes up a lot too. So just that. And then I guess researching the company a little bit, kind of what the product they have and just like, honestly, like be yourself, stay calm in the interview. And that's pretty much it. Cause at the end of the day, it's just a conversation. That's great advice now. Whitney, what are your tips and what are some ways people can prepare for uh, the full-time interview? Yeah, so I think I would split the interview questions to technical and behavioral. And then for technical, uh, a good way to practice is to do research challenge. Maybe 
sometimes even product critique, like you are discussing with your designer friends and then they point out here, something could be improved on the app. And then you could think about what methods could I use to, to, to actually research on this problem and give you, give yourself a timeline and then think about the pros and cons of different methods that can really get you familiar with the methods. And then for behavioral, I think by just reviewing your resume and portfolio and think about what stories you want to tell from each, each experience you put on your resume and how you want those stories to show as show you as a person to have that mindset um could really help yeah so i think my tips for interviewing i think it really comes down to the fact that like you want to interview for the job as if you already have the job that's kind of the way i think about it and i'm lucky enough to kind of have experience and then be interviewing more but i've kind of realized that us research as like a career as a job is maybe like 50 percent research and then the other 50 percent is trying to divide it up in a couple of different ways so as when you're interviewing this position like you want to of course show you know your capabilities as a researcher you want to highlight your knowledge of the methodology um knowing how to do good research and, and knowing what method to use when like that's super valuable and that's honestly stuff that you should have your under your belt already you know like there's uh, for at least for full-time positions like there's an assumption that you know the methodology in a way or at least like you have some familiar familiarity with it even if you haven't done it yourself and then i think what kind of sets you apart and what kind of gives you a leg up in the interviewing process is how you sort of speak to the other 50 percent of the u.s research job and a big chunk of that is like stakeholder management right like speaking to stakeholders speaking and communicating with people who have no idea what methodology methodologies exist in U.S. research and like the power of U.S. research, what, what that can do for a product, what that can do for a team. And a big part of your job while you're working the job is going to be how do I persuade people? How do I create impact with user stories? How do I convince people that this data is valuable? So if you can show the ability to communicate with your stakeholders during the interview that immediately puts you in a better position than somebody who's only confident about the methods but not invested or not interested in communicating with the stakeholders so like i think we mentioned this in the resume portfolio episode i don't remember when but um you know interviewing as if you aren't talking to another researcher right like presenting your ideas for somebody who isn't a researcher who can still understand you and still engage with you. I think showing those skills um, is, is vital, right? Talk about like how your work would impact a designer, how your work impacts a PM or, or a, dev, a developer. You know, like having that under your belt is also really valuable because then it gives the interviewer a sense of how you fit into the team. And the team is always going to be people who aren't researchers. You know, you will have like a team of researchers with you, maybe if you're lucky, but you will be embedded in a product and being able to work in that environment is very different from just knowing the methods. And so I think, you know, just like have the confidence to be like, I know the methodology. I'm here to use those skills in your organization. Let me help you do that. You know, let me show you how I can apply this toolkit to your organization and your team. I think that's kind of like the mentality that I go into an interview. Yeah, that's super insightful. I think I've kind of seen that um, that recommendation from some other peers as well. Like, UX research is like 50% communication. 
So you have to be really good at it. So, you know, often at the end of an interview, the team will ask you if you have any questions for them. So what are some good questions to ask at the end of a research interview? And is there anything you can ask that makes you stand out from the crowd? I think I usually will do some research about the company before going to their interview. And then if I if I would know the interviewer, I would search him or her on LinkedIn to, to have some specific questions. But um, some good questions... I'm not sure if they are good, but I, I like to ask are like, what's your recent learning from like a project or how do you collaborate with uh, other team like designers or engineers so that can get that can quickly show what's the team atmosphere like. So usually these two questions. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. And like tying back to what Harshali said, it kind of ties into proving that you're thinking about the job holistically, not just can you show off your methods, but are you good at communicating and do you prioritize it? Parshali, you got any good questions to ask at the end of the interview? I try to do research, as, as Whitney mentioned, um, I try to do research on like the company product if I can, um, and of course like the person And uh, like, I, I don't know if I just do this very poorly, but I tend to not have enough information about like the job that I'm really applying for, you know, like even within an organization, there can be so many different types of research or different products going on. So like, I, I very rarely know enough about uh, like what I'm interviewing for going into it. So I usually take the opportunity at the end to get more details about that, you know, asking about like the specific team that I'd be working for, or, you know, like what they're looking for, for somebody in this position, what the team is trying to achieve maybe in the next year in the next six months in the next three months if they're hiring for an intern internship so yeah like it's it's my time to just like be a researcher really and, and understand like what their needs are and what their motivations are i think it i like i also really enjoy hearing like the interviewer's stories you know like what is the story of like being in that company being in that team you know like how has their growth been and i think it's a good opportunity to also kind of articulate your goals for the job um, whether it's an internship or a full-time position, I think like you also want to go in with a clear vision of what you want out of this position. And then you can ask like, have that has this happened for you? Or have you had the opportunity to pursue your goals within this company? And so it can be a really cool conversation about like, this is what my interests are and, and tell me how your organization can make that happen for me. Um, so it does kind of flip the interview a little bit. But I think it's a it's a conversation between equals. Yeah, I like totally agree with um, both Whitney and Hershali. Like using this like part at the end of the interview, like almost like you're interviewing the company like back. So definitely like asking about the culture and like the team, and then also like more specifically um, about the role. But for me lately, like what I guess was important for me to ask them was like. I guess like how does research fit within the organization because i feel like we could assume that we'll be embedded like with within a product team or something like that but different companies do different types of organizations so recently like i had that same assumption but then i was curious so i asked them and they said like they actually don't really act as uh, or they don't really embed themselves into product teams um, because there are so many different products and services that this company offers what happens instead is like they're more like internal like consultants almost doing research for not only like designers and developers, but also even like finance and legal departments as well. So I think like really understanding the role or like asking questions to really understand the role, like Hershali mentioned, but also like really understanding like if you were in, if you ended up getting this position, like what specific 
teams would you be interacting with? Because it's not just like designers and developers and like engineers. Um, and I remember a couple weeks or I think last semester, I got some really good advice um, from a UX researcher. And she talked about how like you really have to realize that you're working with literally everyone at the company because regardless of the department, everyone's like a UX decider. And if you're thinking about the user experience, like holistically, it doesn't just end when people or it doesn't start and finish when people like use that technology. Like how do they, like you have to consider like the customer experience, you have to consider like what keeps them a loyal customer and things like that. So that has always been like a question that I ask along with similar questions that Whitney and Hershali mentioned. But I guess in terms of something that could make you stand out from the crowd, some advice I got a couple of years ago was like, you could also use this chance to, if you feel like you like didn't fully answer a question that they had asked earlier in the interview, whether it was technical or behavioral rounds, um, you can always ask them like if there's anything they want you to clarify for them or if there's anything that concerns them about your application or about you as a candidate and then really use those last couple minutes to either like emphasize your interest in the role or really like, I guess, kind of clarify or add more detail to like certain projects or things like that, that might've been a little bit too vague before. Well, that's really good advice. Yeah. I'm taking notes right now. I would add to Mal's answer that like that the last few questions that you can ask, um, you can, you should also ask about like the logistics of the position, you know, like aside from like clarifications on like how to improve your application. I think you can ask about like what the details of like the position actually are, where it is, how long is it for, is it a contract versus full-time, like all those things can help clarify things for both you and yeah yeah super important i'm gonna yeah. I'm take notes and i'm gonna ace these interviews <laughs> yeah definitely yeah definitely ask for next steps <laughs> like when i was an undergrad someone i don't know why i listened to him but he was like if a company doesn't tell you what the next steps are without you asking then they don't want you so i thought like oh if they don't ask it then i'm out but then if you just ask it then it just shows that you're, you're like you're interested to continue so and it helps you understand the logistics, like Rochelle mentioned, of like what the next round of interviews or like what all of that entails. So you get more detail. Don't be shy. Drop the name. Who mm -hmm. was it? Go ahead. You can tell us. It was, it was, just, this, it was just this guy that uh, was in like my business program with me. Business. It's yeah. always cool. the business majors. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I think this is perfect to lead us into a hot take question. So if you guys could change anything about the research job hunting process, what would you change? Harshali, why don't you start us off? So as usual, I have a couple of hot takes. I've just kind of realized that applying for research positions, I feel like is a lot of just sending stuff into the void and you're not going to hear back from as many companies as you think you will. And I think like being in a program with like designers and, and developers and people who, who are interested in different positions, you know, you see them like hearing back from all these companies, but like just because of like the nature of research for whatever reason, um, you know, you're, you're just not gonna hear back from as many companies as you'd like. I'm like, that's okay. Uh, so I wish like, you know, there was a higher response rate and also just like more US research positions. I think like, I've, I've just generally noticed that there's a lot fewer researchers in a company than like designers or developers. And so I guess that kind of trickles into the job hunting process. But I think for like the research interview process, one hot take that I have or one thing that I would really change is actually asking researchers to do stuff without like, or aside from just their research. 
And what I mean by that is like we usually have some sort of research challenge where they'll give you a prompt and you like come up with like a research plan or you watch us through and you watch like the interviewer through what the research plan, like what you would do to address this question. And I feel like because research is so much more than that, like researchers can speak to ideation, to evaluation, to like stuff after a product launches, like you have so many different other functions in the research like job. But I think like those parts could also be asked for um, or presented in some way. Like I feel like researchers have a lot of superpowers that people don't know about. And I, and I wish like we were asked about those as well. That's a really good point. <laughs> it's always the initial research plan. It's never, never the other stuff. Ideating is the most fun part. Let me talk about it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Now you got any hot takes? I know you do. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Going off with, Harshali's last point like I feel like it is really like beneficial when a researcher knows like about design or development or engineering but like in a lot of interviews they just kind of focus on like specifically research but there's a lot to be said about if you can speak to those other things because then communicating with the people that do that as like their daily role could be really helpful when you're like persuading just like the use of UX research in a company as well. But I think lately, like my hot take, I don't know if it's a hot take, but there are so many, there are actually a lot of research positions out there in terms of job postings and they might be marked entry level. But then when you click on it and you view more details, it would be something like you just need like a bachelor's, but also like 10 years of experience or you just need like a master's and like seven years of experience. Like, it's just, I don't even know, like it's just tough for me now because I'm like, how do you even get the foot in, your foot in the door or whatever the phrase is? Um, like, how do you even get started? Like we all, uh, we were lucky to have like internships during the summer, but then like, that's not even enough experience. So I'm just wondering like, what are they really looking for? Like at what cost? Why do we have to jump through all these hurdles? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, but I guess just like in general, like, uh, at least recently, I don't know if Whitney, you and Harshali had experience with this, but sometimes when I'm talking to like an HR person or even like it's a designer who is like the UX manager for this team uh, or the hiring manager, but they're hiring a researcher, it's like tough because they come in with the assumption that like, oh, we just need you to do usability testing or we just need you to do interviews. But there's like so many different things that we as researchers can do. So it's just like really, it's tough to like navigate those conversations when they already like put you in a bucket, you know? And then it's more of like, like I had someone who was like, how are you going to help designers like find the evidence for their designs? And then I was just like, what? <laughs> like, like there, there's like more to it. Like we can do things to help inform their designs. And they were like, that would take too much time. And I was like, what is happening here? But yeah, I think like sometimes I wish like the people who aren't researchers, I guess, like did a little bit more like research when they like before they talk to us too um, like I get that there's so many different roles out there and they can't know like the details of all the roles but I feel like that would help like when we share like our experience and stuff in those initial calls um, so there's something that like speaks to them too rather than it feels like sometimes they're just like checking boxes yeah that sounds so frustrating oh god uh, all right Whitney <laughs> you got any hot takes don't hold back. If you could change anything about the research job hunting process, what would you change? Yeah, I agree with Harshali about the response rate. Because last year, I I not only applied for UX research, I actually also applied for design. And 
And I think I get like higher response rate for design or product management. And sometimes I just use those to practice, you know, to talk about the products and behavioral questions. I think that that, that still helps for preparing interviews in general. I think it's interesting that different industries have very different expectations for UX research. Like I interviewed for like a game company and also for a consumer product company. And uh, they will have um, different thoughts about the UX research methods that uh, will be frequently used and that's interesting experience so i guess i I wouldn't i'm not sure what to change but i think it's always interesting to keep the options open and to explore different companies and see uh, like what's their expectation or what's their take on ux research great thanks for sharing with me all right I think it's time for Taylor to share a hot take. <gasps> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Don't put me on the spot like this, you guys. I thought I was just reading the questions. Um, oh, man. <laughs> a hot take question at the research job hunting process. I think it's kind of annoying when... <laughs> Uh, at least this, this happened to me in interactivity. I don't know about <laughs> other t- times in my life, but when companies advertise that they want, like, a research position and then you go in and they're like actually we wanted it to be combination research design and you don't have enough design experience that is so frustrating to me because it's like you advertise that you wanted someone to do research please (laughs) i'm sorry that i i'm not a master of figma but i could learn just give me a chance it's it's so hard It's, it's really frustrating like because my background is so research heavy, I really go into my interviews and like my conversations with recruiters, like emphasizing my research expertise. And then I would say about half the time they're like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really seem like a good fit because you seem very like research focused. And I'm like, I thought that was supposed to be a good thing. (laughs) That's probably my hottest take. It makes me so bad when that happens. (laughs) Yeah, one time at Interactivity, they were, Last year, they were advertising a UX research role that I asked about, and they told me I could write blog posts. What? <laughs> blog posts? Yeah. That's so sad. Which I did I'm not, so sorry. It's okay. Which I did not leave marketing <laughs> to, where I was writing blog posts yeah. to this program to go back and write blog posts. So <laughs> I'm not going to name any companies, but... If you're listening. <laughs> yeah, I actually, oh I actually got an internship offer because of my data analysis skills. Like I, I told them I can do machine learning and then they said, oh, we need someone who can do machine learning on the research team. And <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. Whitney, I know. You're, you're like talking about all these things. I'm like, whoa, wait, I need up my game. <laughs> wait, but like real talk though, I, I think I'm just like very convinced that people have no idea. They really don't. They don't know you what know, UX like, research is. Unless you're talking to a researcher, like a researcher is interviewing you, like they will not have any clue what you do in your life. Like, it's so sad because I, I would be totally happy to work for a small company, but I feel like those positions are always like, you need to be the expert at everything. You need to be able to do everything yourself. And also, we don't really know what you're supposed to do. So it just puts me in this terrible position of like, let me prove to you that I can somehow fill this need that you don't know you have. 
another hot take is that I think, like, going back to Matt's point about, like, people needing, like, five years of experience and, like, a Oxford <laughs> fellowship to join, like, a random company. You know, I feel like companies will hire overqualified researchers in that, like, they're amazing researchers and, they, and they've done great work. But then the, the stuff that they're asked to do on the job is, like, like so low-key compared to what they can do. You know, like, I, again, I think it's just that, like, researchers have a lot more superpowers than people know. And they're just used for, as now said, like usability tests or just like evaluation. And it's like, we can do so much. We know so much more. Just like give us a chance, you know, like they, they just have a very low expectation, very like small mental model of what research can do. And it's kind of annoying. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to add. Um, yeah. I feel like if you're asking for someone with like 10 years of experience or something at that level, they're doing like strategic research almost like predict like asking questions that would predict where the company is going to be later like based on these products as opposed to like people with like less experience like I feel like I would be doing like the more tactile research where it's like the usability testing or like executing those different research plans but I feel like yeah that kind of that makes me mad for like people that do have that experience and they end up like getting these roles where their like strengths like aren't able to shine you know yeah it's frustrating bruce yeah. told us in our <laughs> research methods class he t- told us like when you're a ux researcher you're gonna have to prove that you're worth keeping like every day and that sucks so much when other positions are just kind of granted Ugh, it, it gives me anxiety <laughs> like why can't you just <laughs> accept that i'm useful and i can help you out and I didn't go to school for nothing. <laughs> you didn't put me through seven rounds of interviews for nothing. Well, that's where, you know, being able to communicate with stakeholders is really useful, you know. Like, you want other, you want your team members to be like, we can't do this without this person. And so you got to create value, Aww. create impact, you know, all those words. Yeah, that's cute. That actually makes me happy to think one day a designer will be like, but I need her. That's so <laughs> cute. Oh, that's like my favorite thing about UX is the teamwork. <laughs> Okay, well, a huge thank you to our guests and our hosts for joining us on this episode of HC Hive. And to all of our listeners out there, tune in next time for an episode about everyone's favorite topic, rejection. Because if you know, you know. And if you don't, yikes. Hey, just a moment. There's more. This week, we're featuring our friend, Dot Kai. Dakai is a musical and multimedia artist currently living in Tokyo, Japan. The track is called Birdie Birdie. If you like what you hear, check out more of Dakai's music on Spotify and Apple Music. Find those details in the episode description. And here it is. Birdie Birdie. Booty booty no di conde, sai so kuno speed the night.